Hi, welcome to That's Classic. I'm John Cato, and let's go right to it. Uh, this is the second part of the Allison Arngrim interview where she answers the fans' questions. By the way, I saw, I think it was the Hollywood show, maybe, where the actress that played Mrs. Garvey had yes. a baby that she would break the window with. Oh, oh my God. God. Hersha Parody, who is John hilarious. She's out of the Yeah, retreat. I do, actually. And she took so Mary's this... baby and try, the place was burning, and she used the baby to try to break the window, and, and everybody perished. This is perished. a huge, so there's this terrible fire at the blind Sorry, store. I... And because, I guess, just plot device, Mary and, and, and uh, her husband there, Adam, just like bail, although the baby's right there, and we all oh know that gosh. in real life, any mother would have said, I don't care if the crib's on fire, or mm -hmm. snatch the baby of up course. before running but right. somehow they run out without grabbing the baby uh hester sue goes oh my god the baby and runs upstairs but mrs garvey is the one who braves the flames to save the baby and she gets the baby and then she can't get out the door and she goes to the window and she holds the baby she she uses her shoulder and tries to break the window. Of course, it looks like she's slamming the child's head into the window like a battery. She's not. And this has been a thing for years where Hersh will always go, I was not using the baby's battery ram, okay? I was totally using my shoulder. Oh my God, oh I had never let this down. But at the autograph show, we were having so much fun with stuff. Um, there's video where they got Caddy to say, oh my God, the baby, which is hysterical. And she now has buttons that say, oh my God, the baby that she hands out. Oh, that and is wonderful. Hersha has taken to bringing a baby doll wrapped in a blanket <laughs> to these things so she can pose for pictures going, ah, with the, with the baby doll. I mean, seriously, how amazing is that? This <laughs> that is how well, you want to know how, how insane is the cast for Little House? That. Yes, we do stuff like that. that. We think right, stuff like this is funny. Yes. And do you know, do you know if she wanted to leave the show or they just wrote her out in a dramatic way? Or they kind of just wrote her out in a dramatic way. I mean, she wasn't like, I'm quitting or I'm leaving. There was mm -hmm. no big thing. She had another gig. They did, like, they kind of like broke it to her, like, okay, it is kind of happening, but it'll be very exciting. And so it was like, oh, bummer. But oh, wow, what a, what a closer. What is it? Like dying a fire with a baby or a hell of a thing. Um, so that was the thing on the show. You, it was made clear you could die at any time, which is wow. kind, of, kind of brutal. It's like, so, <laughs> and so don't renegotiate. Exactly. You had to be very diplomatic about it. in negotiating. You would ask for a raise, but you also knew don't push that too far. Bring the fire but, guy in. <laughs> but let's be, let's be honest. Are they, I mean, I mean, I would think there would be certain people like, like, uh, like, like, um, uh, like Melissa, like Karen Grassley, they're like, they're not going to kill off Ma. Right, I mean, and they on. can't physically kill Laura. They cannot exactly. kill Laura. Right. But everybody else, the, the running joke was, you know, you could die in a buggy crash, right? Um, you could go in a buggy oh, crash. Anytime. And then also, season close, this used to crack me up because it was almost always the last episode of a season. We had um, anthrax. We had, we had typhus. We had an episode yeah. called quarantine we had an episode called plague and half wow. the town would be deathly ill laying on the floor of the church and doc baker would have to go and get quinine and the thing and there would be some fee and there was always michael landon's daughter leslie would always play feverish girl number two until right. she became <laughs> Edda plum i was the teacher she'd lie there and she was very good at sweating and fluttering her eyelids she's really good so she always looked terribly frail and so they so and several people would die and this did always ever, miraculously did, was at the end of the season. And I went, right, because next season they could say, oh, isn't it terrible during that anthrax outbreak? <laughs> he, had he had a relapse. And did they ever explain how Laura's teeth miraculously got straightened without braces? 
nor mine, um, which also were like a big mess. Uh, both wow. of us had massive orthodont. We were just, we made some orthodontists so rich. Melissa Gilbert and I financed trips to Europe for their entire family for our respective orthodontists. Um, it was bad. So she had the, oh, 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 mm -hmm. oh pa. She I had, she had this big, big buck teeth thing. Mm -hmm. I had, I was no better. Okay. So, you know, the pointy ones, the incisors, mm -hmm. these oh, yeah. guys. So my teeth were so impacted and like too many of them in my head. They had to go and pull two teeth back here and do braces and shove everything back. It's just like, there's no room. Oh there was gosh. no room and they were getting crooked. And these two had no room to come down. So they came down over my teeth like a wow. vampire. Wow. It was so bad. So they did braces. They shoved everything back. They came down. It's a lovely. Um, yeah, but the time they did a mold, you know, they do a mold before you do braces. You have the little plaster thing. I have, it's in the other room. Right I have the plaster cast of my before teeth. When cool. people come to my house and they see this plaster cast, the two questions I get are, is that a prop from a horror film? <laughs> and is that your dog? <laughs> oh god you poor thing because of the a, fangs it wow. looks it does it looks wow. like like someone made a mold of their wolf pet wolf teeth. Ah! um oh so it god. was huge it was that bad so i had fangs she had buck teeth we were and so it was and of course what they would have to do is like during hiatus we'd have the full part they'd take them off in may and go back to work. Mm -hmm. they would take them off from here just to here to here show her to here and in the back oh and, that's wild and then they'd right? have to put them back on and then we put them back on. Oh Do you know how much gosh. that hurt? What Do you know how much that hurt? That? Yeah, it hurt. Wow. It hurt. Yeah. And then to make it go, because half the year we didn't have they all that stuff like the night gear and the mm -hmm. what they call yeah. remember power yeah. chain. Anybody ever had braces remembers power chain? Ah no. All the most painful devices. Yes, of all. <laughs> so oh, they did totally. all this stuff. I mean that thing, and it, it worked, but it meant that sometimes you can see our braces now with digital and high def and all this stuff. You can totally see our braces, but we had orthodontist wax. So we'd put that like here and then down here and that would cut the shine. So they would be painfully obvious. And but, back in 1970, but the character's teeth straightened. I mean, right. that, that, it well, was yeah, in, which would not have happened. apparently yeah. in the 1800s, people's teeth just when they grew up, they grew out of it and they just straightened. It's or another, Doc Baker another, secretly. It's a Reverend Alden miracle. Yeah, or, the, right. or Doc Baker secretly had an orthodontic process that he was using that they just somehow didn't cover. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. Hey, I got to say this, Allison. I, I have been lovely now. Your teeth look fantastic, by the way. But, you know, you were one of my first guests, by the way, on my podcast. Really? Like, oh my God. You were. Yeah. You really were. Yeah. You, you were with, with Bob and I. And so there's been quite a few since then, and that's been wonderful. But I got to tell you, I was just sitting back. I was listening to you. you out of any guest I have had on this show. You have the most unbelievably in-depth knowledge of not only your show, but the history of the, the little house on the prairie and the way it ties in. And anyway, I, you know, just as a fan and, and just, just in general, it's impressive. 
It is darn I'm, I'm a nerd. I'm a big history nerd. Wow. And so like when I got the show, it's like, oh my God, I'm playing a real person. It's great. So we're, I'm a history dork. And um, when you go on Facebook, there's all these pages for the show. And then there's pages for the books. There is a, and you go on Facebook, there's a group called Remembering the Real Laura Ingalls. And real is capitalized because so many people talk about little and they go, well, when Laura did this, Laura did that. I was like, eh, it didn't really happen. So the real one talks very much about Laura's life and what really happened. And sometimes they get mad like there's the real life people the book people the show people and people who are into the show sometimes are stunned there's like there's books wait the books aren't real the books aren't real there's some other reality right. wait what is right. happening and when pioneer girl came out which was laura's real autobiography that she wrote mm -hmm. that she couldn't sell that then mm -hmm. became books that's like it's got footnotes it's eight thousand pages long and you go through it and it's like, whoa, yeah, I guess we didn't put that in the books, did we? And it's like real hard living in the 1800s and rough. And you go, well, mm -hmm. no kidding. She couldn't put that in. And it's fascinating. And then you read a lot about this is the person who later became Mr. Edwards. This is what she's talking about. And that's why there's no problem. Well, that's interesting. Uh, oh, it's that's all that's in there. You can so, Pioneer so Girl, go get Pioneer Girl. That sounds everything. like the best, the best book of the life. series because of that information. <laughs> Yeah, because so it's I mean, not in the thing. It's just, it just a few years ago. And then there's Prairie Fires, which is a sort of critical breakdown of the whole thing. And now there's a new, there's a yet another edition of, there's now Pre Pioneer Girl, the new annotated blah, 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 additional documents. Oh my gosh, it's I, I mean, it's got letters between Laura and Rose when they're editing the books of like, should So Allison, was, was Rose alive when the series debuted? No, no, she was not. Was anybody, was anybody alive when the series debuted okay this is the other crazy story because like like i said so i'm a history nerd i know all this stuff so laura only had the one child rose mm -hmm. and rose did not have children she had a similar to mother ingles yeah a child died in infancy you know yeah. people forget back in the day children died a lot a oh, lot yeah. of people say oh my god the ingles baby died and laura's baby died and rose baby died. what was wrong with them it wasn't now that's what was wrong right. with them right. they didn't have incubators and neonatal units and mm -hmm. Yeah. entire staffs of hospitals rush to your aid and save your sick child that people we have didn't now. last that long period right I mean, if you not alive there, that's why if, if oh, why those farmers have so many kids because some of them might live past five uh, right. it was awful people died so yeah so she had a kid that died well she sort of took this guy under her wing um, got to go blank. Roger McBride, Roger McBride was his writer and she loved him. So she's just like, Roger McBride, I'm leaving you everything. Now this was a big band of contention because at the time they didn't know how profitable this was going to be. The books were pretty darn popular. So that was a chunk of change. Absolutely. That she'd been left by Laura and she knew who's getting that, but still not the scope of money that it became. And certainly what's a TV show now. Mm -hmm. So and merchandising and reprints of the books? No, 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 what are you talking about? No idea, no idea how huge it was wow. gonna be. So she gave everything to Roger McBride. The bone of contention there is a lot of people were sure that Laura's will, apparently Laura's will said, Rose gets everything, but when Rose dies, you should leave the rights to the book to the museum in Mansfield, where, where they live, where Rose and Laura and everybody live. Mm -hmm. As we know in real life, once you leave something to somebody, it's theirs. So if you say, wow. you can say, I'm leaving it to you, but you have to split it with so-and-so. I'm leaving it to you, but you have to give it to so-and-so. You can't say I'm leaving it to you, but when you die, once they got it, it's theirs. Unless you stipulate, you can only have it. If, unless you put in the will, I'm splitting it 50. If she'd split it 50-50 between Rose and the museum, that thing would be like a five-story complex with oh neon lights. God. It'd be Vegas. Um, 
but she did she lifted all the rose and said oh when rose dies she'll give it to the museum and rose went nah i don't i don't have to i can do anything i want and she called her lawyer and her lawyer went yeah no once it's yours it's, you leave it to anybody oh you like so she left it to roger mcbride so he gets rights to books he's written uh, he wrote a bunch of books laura and the big apple sort of continue remember like after ian fleming died there's like other james mm -hmm. Bond. of course Back in so he wrote some more Laura. stuff so he had the whole empire thing going and he is the one after Rose, who negotiated said yeah i think tv show sure and he struck the deal for the tv show many people think laura might not have done that not clear whether rose would have done that or mm -hmm. under what circumstances mm -hmm. or what but roger of course being very modern was like absolutely um and then he eventually died and his daughter who is about my age is the heiress to wow interesting um she's a very nice lady she raises horses she's lovely i met her a couple times great um wow. <laughs> but she does wow. it she said we met at one of the things in mansfield years ago and she said everyone wants me to write because they go well laura and rose and roger she's like i that's not i know i don't i don't write and I, I didn't meet Laura because she died before. Oh my God. I, I got nothing. I got nothing. They want me to sign things. I'll do it. I do my can. I try to help with the estate, make sure everything's in order and the museum and the legal issues. It's just like, I just, no, I will not be writing a sequel to Little House in the Purse. Sorry, I'm not. That Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Lovely lady. But oi vey, the things that go on. So yeah, it's so complicated. So the Roger McBride. So they did not live to see the TV show. There was mm. a radio show of the long winter. And you can get it somewhere. You can listen to it. It's really weird. They did a radio broadcast where they did a reading of The Long Winter, which is mm -hmm. really weird. Um, so there's all sorts of odd things. So apparently Laura didn't object to it being on the radio. Interesting. Um, so maybe she didn't mind the radio. Maybe she would have. Mm -hmm. I mean, she lived long enough, obviously, to see that TV existed and had TV and it happened. I mean, she flew. She lived long enough to fly in a plane and go all over the country and, like, you know, yeah. see all sorts of things happen. But success, yeah don't know but but what if she was alive in the 1970s would she have said oh yeah it's a great idea we have no freaking idea right <laughs> um so yeah so it's very very complicated and there's lots of disputes about who really should have had what but the truth is roger mcbride got it and he said yes there's a tv show and so that all went to the mcbride family wow. interesting oh. Okay, let's. That, that was amazing, by the way. I mean, I'm a total nerd. Now, we could have done a for, podcast just on that for um, kicks because, like okay. I said, I know the real history, the book history, the TV history. And the fun part is, like I said, the real Laura Ingalls Wilder group, they're very sensitive. And sometimes yeah. people will say, Well, whatever happened to so and so? They go, That's not a real person. They were not in the books and they're not real history. We're talking only about real Laura. Wow. I swear, the number of times <clears throat> I've wanted to create a fake profile just to log in and go, Where's Albert? Just oh, that's great. You have oh a feeding God, frenzy so and start funny. screaming at me. <laughs> okay. All right. We're going back. Here we go. So bad. This is from, this is from Beth again. I want to make sure yes. I get hers in because they're, Thank you, they're pretty intense. Okay. Um, was there anything that fascinated you when filming a particular scene? I thought the bell pouring in the voice of Tinker Jones. <gasps> I love was that episode. As I watched it on TV. But do you have a memorable scene that stands out other than the famous wheelchair scene? Yes, um, so many. I mean, the things we did on that show. Obviously, going to on the wheelchair. You know, when someone shoves you in an 1800s wooden wheelchair with no seatbelts or safety equipment oh, of yeah. any kind, and you're only wearing a nightgown and your underwear and bedroom slippers, and shoves you down a hill, it makes quite the impression. You don't forget that at any point in no, your that, life. That, that could be the most memorable, yes. That's pretty much burned into my brain. Um, <laughs> what's the, <laughs> but what's the, the second? The, 
the Tinker Gents think that was amazing, and no, that was not molten metal. They did not have children inches away from actual molten metal. Didn't it look great? It's like it was like a liquid plastic. Okay. And there was heat because they had a whole fake fire steamy thing going, and they had a thing, a jet blowing steam up through it. So when bloop 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 steam, so it was hot. It was hot. It just wasn't metal actually hot. So we would take those toys, many of which were metal, and stand there, and they'd go bloop 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 down into the stuff, and they'd go cut. Okay, and the prop guys would come and pull them back out and rinse them off, and they do it. Again. Oh wow. wow! Well, you know what's inter- what's interesting about that about what the, what the most Tinker was the most charming character that, that you never saw again. Right, and you know Chuck McCann, duh, king of voiceover, oh my god, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant Chuck McCann, brilliant on screen, and so many times though, and he did so much voiceover, and now also many times in his on screen work, he played a man who couldn't talk. I know that. I, is- I, I, I know. And your mo- your mother must have worked with him in animation. Absolutely. I, I don't remember which thing, but yeah, no, she knew him. That was the whole thing when he went, oh, it's Chuck McCann. I'm like, wow, I knew yeah. who he was. I was like, it's Chuck McCann. He tried also, to renegotiate, by the way. That's why you never saw <laughs> He said, I always like Chuck <laughs> He didn't he, he was the one who had the commercial high guy where he lives exactly. in the medicine chest. He used to yeah. freak me out. I love that. And commercial. you know what else he was? You know what else he was? I'm Coco for Coco Puffs. Coco for Coco Puffs. Yes. Oh my Which gosh, my mother cool. had been the Coco Puff commercial before that, before they had the bird. Do you remember the little train that went Coco Puff, Coco Puff? Oh, Coco sure. Puff. I do. Yeah. The three little children, like a black and white cartoon. There was a train and the thing. Yeah. I had the little metal promotional toy train from that. My mother was the Coco Puffs, Coco Puffs. Was your mother also yes, one of the kids in the Cheerios campaign? For years, probably because it was it was it was definitely an adult woman because the kids' voices yeah. never changed forever. It was always, <laughs> right? always always the same voice. Likely, she did. I think she did like seventy five commercials or something. Yeah. So it's like I love that blur. But I remember the Coco Buck because I got the train. So I love that. Um, okay, so the episode that is not Tinker Jones, not right, Bunny that Down is, the is absolutely the music box. The music box where um, Laura. I, I start a club. And Laura's friends with Anna, who has a stutter, played by the amazing Katie Kurtzman, who does not stutter in real life. She's a brilliant actress. And I torture her. And I call this the episode where even I hate me. Um, Because when I was really little in school, I I could not say the letter F, my name with Elephant. And so I got sent to speech class after school to teach me how to say the letter S and not say this, not talk like Cindy Brady. Um, so I was in speech class with the kids who had stammers and stutters um, and who also couldn't say the letter R. There was a girl. And um, when I first met her, I thought her name was Wanda. Well, she found out my name was not Elephant and I found out her name was Rhonda. Literally, she couldn't, her name was Ron and she couldn't say the letter R and I couldn't say the letter S. It was like, oh, good. So this wow. is a, so I was hanging out with people who had speech impediments, couldn't say certain letters, stuttered and stammered. So the idea that in adulthood, I would torture someone who stuttered. No, <laughs> that's never wow, happening. That's, um, that's like stick a needle in my eye. No, never, never. That was the most horrifying thing I can imagine to torment someone with a speech impediment. Cause like, hi, that I did that. So here I am and this poor girl and Katie's so good at this. She's and I'm, I, I make her say Peter Piper picked a peck of pickled peppers, which I can barely say myself. Uh, that was the hard part. I got to hard to get through that myself. <laughs> so Peter Piper picked a peck of pickled peppers. And then I keep telling her, say it faster and I can't hear you and torturing her while she's sobbing and going, Peter, Peter Piper picked a peck. And she was so good at it. It was heartbreaking to watch her. 
and I had to stand wow. and go. Right, Say so it Ms. again. So, so Miss Historian, do you know for a fact that that tongue twister existed back then? I think it did not, but I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a lot of, it's pretty old though. I have, a, of course I have, I have a book of really old uh, fairy tales and poems that are really, really old. So some of that stuff does go way back. Peter Piper might. The Little Willie poems about Little Willie blowing himself up with fireworks and whatnot did go back to that time, our 1800s. All right, Wait, so now I have fun. another another weird off the wall question because yeah. I have a weird off the, off the wall mind. Now, Allison, it was a very different time back then when the show took place. I'm asking about the characters, not the actors. But in Allison's mind, which of the characters were secretly gay? Oh, right. Okay, Next what's one. with? Oh, okay, the guy who was the boarder at Lauren Almanza's boarding, Mr. Montague. Oh, of I mean, he was straight oh, yeah. out of like you know Dr. Bombay from Bewitched, yeah. for heaven's yeah. sakes. It was like oh, one yeah. of those characters. Definitely, definitely. I I kind of think uh, Mr. Sprague the banker, although he was much more subtle about it, I think so. Yes, absolutely. There were a lot of people, you know, there's a lot of shows that take place in the 1800s. There are confirmed bachelors and mm -hmm. um, spinster ladies who live together and share a house. And that's a big theme in the 1800s. And oh, yeah, nowadays cheap. we go, Oh, hey, wait a minute. Oh, the two spinster ladies. No, they're not sisters and they never married and they share the house. Oh, wait, now we kind of go, hey, may, uh, 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 oh, and the confirmed right, bachelor Back then it was man. like the standard, yeah. We just yeah. got whoosh, you know, yeah, that was right. a, a thing to do. But absolutely, yes. We, and we did play that game sometimes on the show. Go, all right, come on, this is gay character, right? It's gay. Um, so, so also Music Box is an amazing episode because not only poor poor uh, girl and, and then and of course Katie and I would have like ice cream later we'd be like let's get ice cream so was, like, she for, she's since forgiven me we were friends now um wow That's but the episode Laura steals the music box and then I blackmail her and she freaks out and starts having nightmares she's so guilt-ridden about stealing the music box and we have dream sequences in this episode where she's in a dungeon a medieval dungeon and Mrs. Olsen and I get to dress up in full medieval dungeon wear, all this weird felt wow. thing from the weird hat. And I'm eating a turkey leg and I hit her with a turkey leg and Mrs. Olsen's throwing a bus bucket of scraps. And then we build a gallows out in the field, like where they used to have the football games on the show. Oh my Build God. a gallows, put her on a cart in a little burlap sack dress and ashes and drag her to the gallows and kill her. We hang her. And this is on Little House in the Prairie in, in her oh nightmare. And I'm standing on the gallows again in this weird medieval executioner outfit with a hood, but with the ringlet sticking out of the hood and a peppermint stick sticking out of <laughs> the mouth of wow. my black executioner's hood when I put the noose around her neck and pulled the lever and hang her. This, they, they actually, we shot this. They wrote this and shot it and aired it in wow. this nightmare of Laura's. That and I remember at the crazy. time we went, what are we doing? This is insane. But you know what, Allison, wow. I'll tell you, uh, Don Wells uh, told me that her favorite Gilligan episodes were the dream sequences because they got to do something so different. You do just completely yeah, off the wall things in these yeah. costumes, but I was, but I remember we're doing it. We're like, so we're get, we're just we're just gonna hang her. We're actually we're, we're doing oh, this. Wow. Oh, okay, okay. Wow. I guess wow. I guess we're hanging people now. Um, okay. And and well, Melissa's talked about it. She said the fact that I had the peppermint stick sticking out of the hood and the ringlet sticking out. She said she almost couldn't keep a straight face when she was doing it. She was like seriously. <laughs> yeah. Wow. 
That's a wild episode. Um, it's great. It's great. Okay, go watch the music okay. box. It is intense. This is another one. This is from Beth. Um, since there were a variety of animals used in the show, did you like any certain animals? I say I didn't. I didn't have to be in. Oh God, I'm so glad I was not like in the orangutan episode or any. There were so just sweet. No, um, I luckily did not have to work in animals. I almost got a puppy. There was the thing with the wolves in the barn and the puppies and whatnot, but I didn't get a puppy. And I and I was in the episode of wolves, but I didn't get to play with them. I really can't get to play with any animals. Well, there were the horses, and unfortunately, terrible with horses. Can't ride a horse at all. Um, they're scared of me. I'm scared of them. A um, lot, of, lot of stunt girls getting doing really great work dressed up as me on horses, um, not me. Uh, when I'm whipping that horse and bunny, I'm standing on a ladder. It's like, yeah, no, not happening. Um, wow. wow. And they had a cow. The Ingles had a cow. I remember the cow was kind of cute and they had chickens, but I'm, I just said very city girl. So I was not really playing with the chickens. Okay. Melissa was, Melissa was like, oh boy, a cow. Yay. Horses. I was like, eh. so, so why now this is probably more in the pilot than anything else, but why didn't they let Jack the dog ride in the covered wagon? Why did he have to walk? That is, again, an actual historical. That's going back to the books. It's in the books. I knew you'd have that. And it's also in real history. Amazing. They made the family walk most of the time. They, they in the TV show, the family rides more than they did in the books or real life. They would let them ride when they got tired because they were children. But they had the hall, they had the hall things like a stove. Mm -hmm. How much did a stove weigh in the 1800s? They had to bring food, they had to bring enough food for Ma, Paul, Laura, Mary, whatever, for right. the in several months, it was gonna, whatever it was gonna take him to Kansas and he was gonna try to hunt, but they had all this like hard tack and flour and cornmeal and coffee. And so they had to bring water. Maybe there's a stream, we don't know. They had to bring whatever medicine they had. So in case somebody broke an arm or leg, wouldn't die. Um, they had to bring the stove. They had to bring whatever their lifelong possessions. If they were moving to a new house, they had whatever the clock or something their grandfather had. Right. They, had they had all their clothes. They, they, didn't they, have them all. they didn't have them all because Michael Landon never wore a shirt, but go on. Yeah, there you go. He did didn't you have say, did you, did you say like, they didn't have a mall? <laughs> there was no, yeah. My, well, Michael, yeah, that's true. And Paw Pack was like, it's okay. I have some pants. I'm ready. We can go. Um, so they had to put all their lifelong. That was very heavy. And you've got these horses and you can't have the horses get tired or sick or die. If the horses die on the way, that's it you're screwed it's over it doesn't matter it's what plans over. you had you're done because you're in the middle right. of nowhere so they have to keep the horses up. so if things were too heavy that's what sometimes people leave stuff by the side of the road in real right. life in these right. yeah so they said okay we can't wear out the horses if we don't and like but they, there's a whole thing of crossing a frozen river in time they're like if we don't get to such and such river before it thaws we will fall through the ice and die so we only have so many days so we can't tire out the horses so everybody get the hell out of the wagon and walk so families would often walk next to the wagon sure. and the kids are like you're healthy walk for a while and then they'd say well okay i'm tired and then they'd ride for a bit and then they'd break in the wow. evening but they sure as hell weren't going to put a dog in the freaking wagon to with the weight and the dog was like friendly with the horses he was like a farm animal working dog and he would run alongside with the, the horses and sometimes run ahead see if you know scare away snakes whatever mm -hmm. so he was doing his thing and it's like you think oh the poor little feet on the hot ground and the thing in the river but like no there's no way in the 1800s if you said to a people are you going to put the dog in the wagon that had gone we're not even putting the kids in the wagon. We got grandmas right. walking behind right. the wagon. Put the dog in the wagon. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't like a car. Okay. <laughs> I love it. Okay. 
All right, let, let's let's go for another one here. Do any guest stars stand out that you worked with during the show? Oh my God, we we had everybody on that show. Johnny Cash was a little- Oh my God, I forgot about that. Johnny Sorry. Cash was That's on one of my there. famous, I am jealous. I was not in the Johnny Cash episode. I will always feel sad that I was not in the Johnny Cash episode. So you, you weren't on set for, for when he was there? No, I was like, bum, I bummer, oh. bummer. I'm so bummed. I would have loved to have been the Johnny Cash show. But uh, I did get to work with Patricia Neal, mm-hmm. uh, oh. Oscar and Patricia Neal. <sighs> Mind blown. Now, you remember Patricia Neal in the 60s had a massive stroke and had to yes. learn to walk and talk all over again. It was a big thing. And so this was mid-70s. So it hadn't been that long since she had returned to work and she yeah. could walk and talk again. She'd gone back to work quite successfully, but she That's- was older. That's kind of why she didn't end up with the Waltons. Uh, yeah, she did the too. pilot and then, yeah. Pilot. Homecoming yeah. And then she got it, yeah. And she, you know, she did very well, but she was being cautious. So here she is playing this huge two-part lead role, the mother who dies and leaves kids. So she would play, and she was married at the time to Roald, uh, Roald Dahl, the, the writer. Right. Mm-hmm. right. Sean Shock Factor. So uh, I remember she was doing Needlepoint of a that had all the titles and cartoon things of his books in a needlepoint thing. She was making a bag. It's fascinating. So she would play memory games because she was constantly still working, jogging her memory. And she would ask all of us kids. She talked to all. She, we were all hanging out in her dressing room. We we're all sitting on the floor of her dressing room. Oh, how Patricia cool. Neal, she let it, and she said, "Now, what's your name, dear?" She got all our names, and then she said, and "When's your birthday?" She memorized our names and birthdays. And then when she asked your birthday, she would say, "Okay, oh January eighteenth. That's got Cary Grant." And she would tell you what famous old celebrity was the same day or closest to yours. Wow. And then two days later, she'd say, and your name is Jimmy and you're in March and that. So, and you're Allison in January 18th was closest to Carrie Grant. And she would, she would do this. And we were like, oh, that's cool. No, it wasn't for our entertainment. It was because that's how she made sure everything was still gears were going and she had to do a scene in the church where she does this huge monologue about that she's not going to live much longer and her kids and everything and they had a teleprompter because they're like look we have anything it won't we got the teleprompter we do any we can break it up but yes it's supposed to be a one-shot monster epic piece with like two cameras going but whatever you need you're patricia neal we bow down to you whatever you need michael's are yes hand holding we got teleprompter we can do anything you want she said okay well you have it over there you know just in case it's cool and then she did it she never looked at the teleprompter once the whole thing is a continuous take i think she needed like two tries or whatever maybe to get all the just which leads me a second one for coverage you know which leads me to this was she was she emmy nominated for that i mean or probably not because little house never got nominated for anything Mm. robbed robbed i tell you um it was totally insane we got nominated for music and hair i mean that's ridiculous by the way i think cinematography i think we did get nominated for cinematography Uh once Mm -hmm. no no actors uh, melissa sue got nominated no writing melissa sue did get nominated for best actress once didn't win and i think michael like it's a whole scandal he told her he said you're not gonna win they're probably gonna give it to somebody from family it's like what it's like all the abc stuff which was true if you family abc's family great Mm -hmm. show great show it was a great show new people on it brilliant won all the emmys got all the reviews but i ask you who is dressing up on halloween as any Mm -hmm. of these people of Mm -hmm. course no of course but yeah yeah. but here we are little house which like did no emmys the reviews oh oh it was poo poo caca oh little house but everyone's watching it now it's on every channel it's out on dvd of course you got the final everybody's gaga yeah 
there are so many shows from the 70s that were great shows that were huge hits hugely critically acclaimed got all the awards and you can't you can't even find them on tv yeah, on DVD talks now. about them yeah insane yeah. okay here's another one this is um this is also beth actually the food that was cooked at nelly's restaurant such as the delicious looking pan fried steak and scrumptious desserts was it eaten by the cast and crew or was it just thrown away after the filming I can't imagine with that bunch of actors, that crew, that any food ever gotten, lasted long enough to get thrown away. Everyone's like, snark, can I eat that? Really? Um, yeah, no, we're a bunch of maniacs. Like, yeah, yeah, they'd eat anything. If you left out a sandwich, it'd be gone. Um, notoriously hungry group of people. Actors, free food. Um, we are prop men with the great chefs. The prop men did all the cooking. And sometimes they brought stuff in and other times they actually cooked stuff on set. They had a kitchen, they had a little prop department with a kitchen in it. And then they had the stove. They had it so that it was working. You could fry stuff. So they, they cooked stuff and they made stuff. And the, that kitchen worked in my restaurant. You pulled the pump and water came out. I mean, wow. there was a bucket of water under the sink with a line going up. But by God, water came out when you pumped it and the stove got hot. And so they, I don't know if they had like a butane there, but they, by God, wow. they made it work. Wow. And um, they cooked and they cooked food there. And like the food at the mercantile, like when it's, that was great. Sometimes they brought it in and sometimes you'd come in in the morning and there's the guys and they're they're based in a ham and then putting it back in the oh, oven and wow. making a glaze and I'm like seriously they're like eh. um they make all this stuff the biscuits were the pillsbury like popping fresh thing they were good um wow. but yeah we had it all we had the the lamb and the mint jelly and everything and yeah they made all that stuff and um oh when i had the episode where i got punched and i had a black eye and when I come in, I put a had a steak on my I'm sitting there because back in the day, people believed if you put a piece of meat, a steak mm -hmm. on your bruise, sure. it would make the bruise go down. Yeah. Okay, the steak was cold and damp, so I guess mm -hmm. it reduced swelling. Who knows? But there's no magical properties really. Um, so I had a real, very expensive, lovely steak that I held on my eye for like hours and finished the scene. And then I said, "What are we doing with this?" And they said, "I don't know. What do you want to do?" I said, "Can you cook it?" They went, sure. And we cooked it and I ate it. Good for oh you. God, that's cool. I love it. <laughs> I, I went, love it. I, could I said, that's so wasteful. Where's it? And I, I still ate meat then. So I was like, cook this thing up. And I, it was good. Um, yes. If I had any food on a plate, when they finally said, like, you had to be careful, obviously, in a scene, you couldn't eat too much. You had to be very careful and push the food on your plate because yeah, they weren't going to reset your whole plate. If they got mm -hmm. through a take and you ate half, they're going, seriously, you want to they would have to reset your whole plate. So you're going to run out of food. And then you're also, you're going to get sick because we have to shoot now this side of the table. Now this side of the, we're doing eight setups. Plus there may be retakes. How many platefuls are you going to eat? So you right. picked at your food generally, unless it was a specific shove this in your mouth scene. And then when they were done, you'd turn to the prop man and go, may I have them? they'd hook you up with a plate and yeah so I always got hooked up with a plate and like that cherry pie I mean yeah I finished that later and I did have the steak that I wow. put on my face cooked and I ate it yeah that's yeah, cool yeah, yeah. all right uh, another one here did did you find any of your storylines particularly challenging as an actor uh, if so which episodes I know that you know obviously you mentioned a, a couple but is there anything yeah. that pops in your head that you go yeah that was that was tough because it was like the stuttery one because I was like I knew I mean I reveled in being mean I was playing the villain I love it I am the villain this is awesome I'm playing the villain so I said and did a lot of terrible things where I would like even when I was getting ready at home rehearsing I'd be like this is really bad someone's gonna just pop me one for this but all right um and so but I enjoyed that but yeah the stuttering one I went whoa this is pushing it um 
and it was difficult. And then I said, and then the real Percival loved one, because since finally she's a real person, she's really having real emotions, crying. So I was like, all right, now we're going to get down to it. And I enjoyed it. Um, well, yeah. And then, I mean, oh God, when it is Albert and telling him, yes, the Jews have hats on because of their horns, the racist thing. Some of that was like, oh. ooh, really? Um, <laughs> it was always, a, well, Catherine McGregor, our Mrs. Olsen, had a hell of a time. She had to carry on about the the first was it joe kagan the first black man in walnut grove about his being in church and she didn't want him in church because she said they were all made in god's image and everybody knows god's a white man she almost couldn't get that line out without busting up laughing wow. she's like i literally almost cannot say this this is so crazy um because yes it was so not her she's like seriously she would just crack up and then the other problem was you know um catherine was a devotee of the vedanta temple in hollywood and went to india every year on like pilgrimages <clears throat> and was the whole wow. hindu sect vedanta thing the writings of swami chetananda and swami vivekananda wow so at one point she was just in fits of laughter over the whole like being racist to joe kagan and hester sue and everything and she said i'm sorry sitting here saying god's a white man in my religion god's a black woman but there you go what are you gonna do wow. Uh, wow. So, <laughs> yeah so it was so weird so yeah there were episodes like wow that's pushing it um but like bunny where i'm just awful i enjoyed that i i didn't have apparently any compunction about doing that i enjoyed that very cool. Do, do you or any other cast members, did you ever ad lib any scenes or were you and others told by Michael and other directors just stick to the script? Generally, we stuck to the script. It was pretty good. You could, if you had something really good, it had to be really good, and you had a little ad lib here or something there, it was yeah. kind of like, what was that? Oh, I like that. Yeah, okay. You could, you could occasionally get away with it. Um, Catherine was notorious okay the whole thing where she calls almanzo zaldamo i believe the original thing they wrote for her to mispronounce was she's supposed to say dalzamo and for some reason catherine couldn't get out the words dalzamo and said zaldamo and this made everyone nuts because she was supposed to mispronounce it, but they had a specific way she was supposed to it. And the director could say, no, no, I think it was Claxton was directed. They no, it's Delzamo, Delzamo. Okay. But it was a Zaldamo cut. And finally it was like, fine, say Zaldamo. We That's give up. That's so hard and to say. So yeah, she, she would make stuff up all the time. And after a while, they just went, fine, I give up. Um, the greatest ad-libber who always got away with it because he was a genius, a child genius, was Jonathan Gilbert, who played Willie. Wow. Uh, there was some Halloween episode, he blurted something out as we were hiding that. I don't remember what he said. And it was like, oh, cut, print, perfect. That was great. And Mary, the continuity woman was like, wait, what? That's that's not in the script. And Michael's like, what do you mean it's not in the script? It's not in the script. And they like, I like it, write it in. It did. Okay, it's in. And the episode Bunny, where I'm smashing the dollhouse and poor little Willie's there terrified and like, give it to me. It's like, it's girl stuff, I can sell it. It's like, hilarious. And then he finally, I threatened to kill him with a hairbrush. I'm like, get out and he runs. He had one more line. There was another line of script. We have a whole thing of, I can sell it, a girl's stuff, get out, and then finally get out twice and he goes. Apparently he was supposed to say one more thing. He chose not to. He chose instead to run because I was coming at him with a hairbrush. Yeah, natural, yeah. And they said, brilliant, cut print. And again, 
Erica, oh, wait, this is okay. And Michael's like, what, what, what? And he comes over and she goes, he had another line. What do you mean he had another line? They go through this little, and she's like, there's another. And he looks, Michael looks at the line, looks at him and he says, I don't know if she was coming at me with that look on her face with a hairbrush, I don't think I'd have hung around to say the other line either. I think him. he's, oh he's right. Yeah, the really. kid is right. He said, he said this, he said this, the extra line, it's not terribly important. And I'm sorry, if really, if you saw her coming out, would you still stand there and keep talking or would you be gone by then? You would be gone by then because she's going to kill you. So he said, if she was doing something else or doing less, maybe, but because she's going, ah, he's like, I think the child's instincts are correct. And we're going to go with that one. So she, I would run. So, yeah, oh, he said, no, cool. he said, I would run like hell. I don't know how he stood there that long. Yeah, no, he's right. I got you. <laughs> Nice. Um, okay. He was like nine or something. But when he was right, he was right. So sometimes, sometimes people try things. Mike will go, "What was that?" And I said, "In the thing, no, uh, no, no, leave it. Just, just do the thing on the page. It's fine." But if you came up, like if you were Jonathan Gilbert, and you like pulled something out of the air, and I go, "What was that?" Oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do that. So if, wow. if it was good, you could keep it. Yeah. That's very cool. Okay. This is our final question, which, by the way, you I was going to say, because it's like, what's well, like four o'clock? We didn't it's, I think it's like, yeah. is this eight o'clock at night? No, no. Right. Kidding. How long no, have but... we been? Okay. <laughs> this is I got to tell you, seriously, though, you've been unbelievable. But okay, here we go. Fun. Did, did you look forward to filming the fight scenes with Melissa Gilbert? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because the very first fight scene, around the rosy uncle john you know they sort of choreographed that and they did have a stunt girl take the fall in case they hit my head on a rock or something you know we just started filming out there didn't know um but after that they kind of let us have at and choreograph our own fight scenes like that by the time we did the mud fight they were just like yeah it's on you guys and just walked away and just let us do whatever the hell we wanted so there's no stunt women in the mud fight that is just oh, wow. all us we wow. just they just not go crazy guys and we're like Haha. um and of course at one point when they said you know, we had mic body mics they said we can't hear you at this part and we said you're sure you can't hear us so we proceeded to swear and say terrible things you we're so bad um so, but we had to it was like okay we better the and she just like throws me she's really strong do not get in a fight with melissa gilbert she kick her ass she threw at one point she she's like flips me over. she flips me over and oh asks my me like gosh that. i mean you watch it she's like two nelsons and half it's like wrestling holds um yeah no we're really wailing on each other in that mud fight it's hysterical well, it's yeah. very it's very it's very lucy and the great fat you know yes, oh totally yes. and we're just covering we just we thought this was the funniest thing in the world we liked it but even early on it's one of the days i fainted and I was in the dressing room resting up they, to revive me with the money caps. And they said, well, let her like nap for like half an hour. She'll be fine. So I'm resting and my Annie Marion comes out and Melissa Gilbert is pacing up and down in front of my dressing room, the trailer. And says, what? she's like, is she going to be okay? Mm. Oh, sweet. Because so oh, wow. we have a big fight scene coming up. Please say she's going to be okay so we can have the fight scene. <laughs> she's like, ah. she's like so excited. We're going to the fight scene. She's bummed. We're going to film it that day. And so yeah, I got better in time for us to beat each other up. Um, so no, we were always terribly excited about the fight scenes. We really enjoyed those. That's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Well, listen, Allison, uh, just thank you so much. <laughs> I, loved, I loved interviewing you how many, however many months that was. And now here we are, you know, Bob and I had talked about it afterwards. And now, you know, here you are again, you just were so great. So giving the fans are going to love this and to close out. What would you want to just say to the fans? Cause they're going to, Oh man. Okay. We, we, we love you guys. We love you guys. Uh, we had no idea when we started that show in 1974, 
half yeah. of most of you weren't even born in 1974 watching this 1974 there was no, not only was there no dvds there was no vhs there was no streaming there was no amazon there wasn't cable there was no cable right. tv you made a tv show and when it aired that was it and then they had summer where they re-ran episodes once and if you were very, very, very lucky, you went to syndication. And then in the afternoons on another channel, they'd run them once in the afternoon, like on Monday through Friday. That was it. There yeah. was, and there was no back to back and there was no, there was nothing. There was no, no tapes, no discs, no nothing. You could take home and watch a show, nothing to play them on. There was no such thing as cable. There were Nickelodeon and packs and all these channels. Nothing. So we had no concept that people would still be watching the show later. It was yeah. like, well, we did that and now it's gone. And it was Michael who said, you know, they're still going to be watching this long after we're all gone. And everyone said he was crazy. Everyone he told this to, Dean Melissa was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> and of course he was right. So we had no idea that people would still watch it. If you had told any of us on the show in 2022, millions of people will still watch the show, some of them every day and several times a day. And they will go on a thing called the internet and talk about it all day long right. on a thing called Facebook. We would have said, wow, you're really crazy. That will never happen. So all of us from the show are floored, stunned, bewildered, overwhelmed, and just thank you on behalf of the entire cast of Pearl Little House. Uh, we had no idea it would be like this years later. Um, Michael apparently knew we didn't. Um, and we're all just real thank you. Thank all of you who are on Twitter and Facebook and you all have blogs and vlogs and podcasts and dress up and these events that we go to. Um, we're just all thrilled to pieces that any of this is happening. Thank you. Wow. Very cool. Well, thank you. Appreciate you like beyond belief. And uh, I, I just can't thank you enough. You've just been terrific. And oh, this has been hilarious fun. This has Allison, been you're, you're a delight. You're so much fun. You're oh, so thank much you. Yeah. Literally send me an email saying, here's what we want to do. So you person from the show, be, be it, mm. you know, Pat or Matt or Melissa, come on. And this is what it would be like. And, and then I can like ask. John, John, totally maybe, maybe, John, maybe we could do a cast. Oh a my gosh, that would be oh, get several crazy. Of us? Oh, right off the bat. I mean, there's like three, four people. And I think we like... should do it late in the afternoon so we have wine. <laughs> okay, we'll make it a very special episode of that. There you go. Yes, sponsored yeah, no, by. Yeah, there's like three, four people who would be like, okay, and they're, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a, they're absolutely. Tell them, okay. tell them, tell them it's with Porky Pig. All right, we'll oh, start God. with that. Yeah. But also, also tell Melissa, because I sent a note to Melissa about this, didn't hear back, but tell Melissa, well, I want a reminder, I, 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 I donated to her campaign when she ran. So she owes, she owes us. She does. She completely does. And she's delightful. <laughs> she is so sweet. She's, she's hilarious too. Mm -hmm. She's really funny. So, yeah, and she's got all this thing with the book and the thing and the 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 it's the, the recipes and the like, whatnot. Right. Come on the podcast, yeah. Okay, right. and you For have sure. to check out now. If you check out my whole thing on my YouTube channel, where I have who's going to do the cooking, because yes. Nelly oh, couldn't great. cook, it's and great. I can. I have, yeah. Oh, and I'll so I'm out. showing people like if you think that you cook like Nelly and you can't cook and you would like to cook like Percival, here's how you do that. And I show people super duper easy recipes of how to go into the kitchen and make anything, even if you don't yeah. know how to cook. It's good oh stuff. God, it's good stuff. Great. There you go. Yeah. All right. Thank well, you, thank Allison. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Okay. We'll, Take we'll care. talk to you soon. Thanks. All so right. Thanks for coming, and uh, please check us out also on youtube.com slash that's classic TV where you can actually watch and see the celebrities that are on the show. Thanks again. Bye-bye.